My guest this week is Ian Anderson Gray, a consultant who specializes in helping business people build their confidence in using live video. So let's talk confident live video. Welcome to episode 235 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. You know I really do appreciate it. Now, the subject of video has come up on the Marketing and Finance Podcast many, many times, but in fairness, we tend to talk about pre-recorded video. (laughs) Ironically, most people don't like having a camera stuck in their face and they get really nervous even if they're doing pre-recorded video. And perhaps some of the nervousness is taken away by the fact that they know that it can be edited at a later date. But with live video, that's an extra level of stress. But there are many advantages to doing live video in the modern digital world. And that's what we're going to talk about today with my guest, Ian Anderson Gray. So let's get straight into that interview with Ian right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Ian Anderson Gray, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure, Ian. Ian, tell me, before we start talking about uh, social media and we're talking about live video and, and going live and being confident going live on video, tell me where are we Zooming each other from today? Now, of course, I'm in Edinburgh as always. I'm just south of Manchester, so it's a little, uh, it's a village called uh, Cheadle, and it's just south of Manchester in the UK. Fantastic. Cheadle, not far from Manchester Airport, I gather. Yes, we're very close to the the uh, flight path, so we're a little bit uh, a little bit more of a distance than we were in our previous house, but we can see and hear the, the the planes going very very frequently during the day overhead. Ian, we've known each other for quite a while. I'm thinking probably five or six years, and I first came across you, and you were a bit of a sort of social media tools, gadgets, and gizmos expert. Um, I think IG, Inspector Gadget, was also a nickname that people had for you at, at the time. And you are well known, are well known for just knowing the tricks and tips to use with social media. But more recently, you, you've almost pivoted and become known as an expert and a consultant helping people go live on video. Now, it could be LinkedIn Live, it could be Facebook Live, live on YouTube, but specifically live video. And I think that will make for an interesting conversation because lots of people have got an inbuilt fear, not just of having a camera pointed at them, but definitely a camera that's pointing at them and broadcasting them live out to potentially hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of people. But before we get into that, give me a little bit of background about yourself, how you got to become the expert Inspector Gadget and and how you made that pivot into the live video arena. Yeah, it's a very strange story. And I, th- I speak to a lot of people uh, who do, do similar things to me, and it, they all seem to have very strange stories of how they got into it. And our background is I trained as a professional singer. So I was in the music world. And so I trained at the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester as a singer. And I was doing a lot of that. I was teaching a lot as well, as well as performing around the country. Uh, but I was also very, very interested in technology. And, and around the same time I left music college, I set up a web agency with my dad and we, we built websites. And then when social media became much more of a big thing, 
I always wanted to blog. I always wanted to write about technology. I was really interested in that. And so I set up a blog. And at the, at the same time, social media was becoming a big thing. There was a, a tool called Hootsuite, which I was dabbling with. And, and so I wrote an article on that, but it became what I didn't like about it as opposed to what I liked about it. I was kind of interested in looking at that. And that website ended up going viral. Mm-hmm. And it really, that's, that then made me think, well, maybe I need to write more about this. And so I wrote about other social media tools. And so that article was seven reasons not to use Hootsuite. I ended up feeling bad and I wrote seven reasons why you should use Hootsuite. <laughs> and I write lots of different articles looking at the pros and cons of all of these things. And I ended up being asked to speak at social media conferences, uh, including the big one in, in San Diego, Social Media Marketing World. And it's it just all came really as a, as a massive surprise to me. I was just writing about what I was interested in. But I think I had this this ability to uh, simplify things and look at, uh, at, but also look really detailed at these tools and give people what they were really wanting. Now, as then moving into the whole live video world, that was another interesting thing. So it was actually uh, back in 2016 when live video, Facebook Live was launched it was very difficult for for people to actually use it mm. and you go to you go to the web facebook details uh, the facebook website and the the help article on facebook live and you know i know you talk a lot about gobbledygook well my <laughs> goodness i mean it was talking about rtmp and and all these tools you had to use and like oh my goodness so you had to jump to loads of hoops so i wrote an article on how to go live to facebook really simply and again that went viral it went it went it seemed to kind of um, be, become really popular and so i had this this uh, epiphany moment. I was at Social Media Marketing World. We had this funny kind of musical on stage, uh, which I was involved with. Uh, it was kind of uh, talking about uh, networking, in fact. Mm-hmm. And we were doing, uh, we're doing, what was it? Wiz- there was the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and it was like a parody on, on, on that. And I was thinking, this is amazing. I'm using my, my talent as a musician. I'm performing on stage. I'm, I, and, but I'm talking about technology as well. And live video came about as well. And I thought, you know, live video brings my background as as a performer and as a teacher and somebody who's interested in technology into this one uh, one thing. And so that's what I've been helping businesses and and to become uh, better communicators and and more confident in front of the camera. And so that's, that's, that's a bit of a long story, but that's how I got to do what I am doing today. The the singing background is really fascinating. And and I've seen you on stage doing speeches about live video. And, and there was one moment when you, you actually had the audience on their feet and, and you were almost getting them to do vocal scales, you know, <laughs> and all of that sort of thing. And and at, at first you think, oh my God, it's going to be one of those embarrassing moments where the speaker makes everybody stand up and rub each other's shoulders or something like this. But actually it was a really fun way to break the ice. And you were actually making a really good point about, you know, having a, of getting your vote, your voice ready to go live. And I thought that was a really good way to start. Oh, but yeah, well, it, it, I, it's something that not that many people are talking about. And I think it makes a massive difference in terms of your confidence, and, but also how you communicate. If, if you warm up your voice, if you warm up your body, if you look confident, if your posture is confident, it makes a massive difference. Mm. But the other big problem that I think we, we often suffer from is, this is a technical phrase, and it's called feeling like an idiot syndrome. I think <laughs> often we, we, we're worried about how we look and how we sound. Yes, it's, it's a bit of a getting people to stand up and do some vocal exercises at a, at, when I'm doing a talk is, is, I think people are slightly worried they're going to look like an idiot. But I, I like to kind of hold them by the hands and say, look, it's all right. We're all 
we all suffer, or most of us suffer from this. And uh, but actually, doing these exercises makes a, a massive difference. And let's let's do it together. And I think the fact that we're all doing it and we're all having a bit of a bit of fun and not taking ourselves too seriously really does help. Yeah. And so thinking about video and, and, and listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast know we've talked about video quite a bit over the last 18 months. But what we've mainly focused on is just the use of video in business. Uh, and, and the sort of video we've probably talked more about is getting something pre-recorded, even if that's getting your iPhone out and, and doing a face to camera, explaining about your product, ask, answering questions about your product, maybe doing a, a behind the scenes tour of your shop or behind the scenes tour of your the place of work. But mainly we've been talking about pre-recorded stuff. Um, we haven't really focused in as much on the live side of things. And that, that's great for that you're here to talk about that today. I'm just trying to think about, despite the obvious difference between pre-recorded and going live, I wonder whether there's an element of that live is more authentic, perhaps. Maybe you're not, because you're not able to have multiple takes. If you make a mistake, you're going to have to live with it, uh, as opposed to if you make a mistake, you're pre-recording it. You could well go back and just retake it and nobody would ever know you made the mistake. Is there an element of um, it's less polished live? And, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, yeah, I, th I think it is. Because I, I, I when I'm consuming content, and I, for example, on Instagram or Facebook, and I, I see, uh, see some videos, and I start watching them, I, I found myself skipping some videos without even thinking. And I, I, so I went back and I thought, why did I skip those videos? Mm. And I realized that one of the reasons was that they were just overly slick. Mm. They were overly slick and mark, kind of marketing videos. There were, a lot of them were ads. Yeah. And I just, I just, I don't know. I had something in me just didn't, I couldn't be bothered watching it because it was just, uh, the, it, it was too polished. Mm -hmm. And so actually more and more of us now are wanting to move away from watching slick marketing videos and watch real people be more authentic. And, you know, if they make mistakes, that's fine because actually that we're actually starting to get to know these people of who they are. And so I think authenticity, it's an overly used word in the world, in the world of marketing. But I think we're, as human beings, we, we want to engage with other human beings, not a robot, not mm -hmm. this overly perfect, slick marketing message. And so that's one of the reasons why I love live video because it it is kind of a warts and all but but over time the more more people do the live video it becomes more and more polished but still authentic mm. and so i think that's really important but the other thing of course is when you are doing live video now i'm sure a lot of your listeners are, think, are thinking well i just about managed to get around to the idea of doing a video. Now you're talking about live video there's no way i'm going to do that yeah. but actually for me personally I find doing live video easier than doing pre-recorded video because every time I do pre-recorded video, I stumble over my words and I have to record it probably like 20, 30 times before I get it right in my mind. Whereas with live video, there's something that happens in my head that just I just end up just doing it. I, I just, it, it feels like a conversation. It feels much more natural. Yes, I will st stumble over my words occasionally, but it's a great way of creating content much more quickly. And it produces a much more authentic uh, piece at the end of the day. When I've looked at my pre-recorded videos, I can't stand it. <laughs> whereas, whereas actually doing pre-record, so doing a live video, it ends up being much more authentic. Whether I end up using that as a live video or whether I actually just then take that off and just use that as a pre-recorded video and edit it afterwards. 
Yeah, a lot of the people listening to this podcast uh, work for financial services companies. And as we know, UK financial services is heavily regulated. And certainly my experience when I was working as marketing director in big corporate, as I call it, there was always this almost obsession with perfection. And, and never was that obsession with perfection more noticeable than when it came to video. And, and there's there have been many cases where you know I've been involved either being the, vid- the subject of the video or, or I've been involved in helping other people. And you'll get this scenario where you've got the person and they're made to stand probably in front of a corporate logo or something and we've got some lights shining on them and they're told to stand absolutely still so that if we have to do take two or take three – that we can edit between the takes and nobody will really notice it much if they're, if they're rooted to the spot. And then you start and, well, you didn't really say that word properly and mispronounce that. Let's take it again. Let's take it again. And, and oh, I think we need to go back. And then before you know it, a couple of hours have gone by. The poor person who stood rooted to the spot is getting really, really tired, very probably a bit annoyed and cross. And when the finished video comes out, it might be perfectly on script, but the poor person looks like they're just stood like rabbits in a headlight. There's yeah. no there's no emotion. They're, they're terrified because they don't want to make a mistake. Whereas what you've just said there is, ironically, if they went live, they wouldn't be able to stop and, oh, I'm going to reset, re-say that whole section or, or, or correct myself. They just go through it. And okay, there might be the odd fluff, but as human beings had come across as themselves, as opposed to this almost like synthetic human that's created by this obsession with perfection. Oh, totally. I mean, live video is, is much more natural because in real life, you don't, you you can't just like stop and then go back in time and re-edit what you've just said. It's, it, it just, as human beings, we're just used to talking. And then, you know, if we, if we stumble over our words, it, I mean, that happens. I'm sure I've done this a few times in this podcast already. Is Does that matter that much? Not, no, not really, because ultimately it's down to how you communicate and how you, um, and also the, what you're actually saying, what you're delivering. And so I think that's, that's the most important thing. And the other thing, of course, is how you communicate to the camera. Now, cameras, in my, in my experience, are energy-sucking machines. Yes. They suck the energy out of you. And so on a live video, you still got to be careful of that. you still got to remind yourself to keep your energy levels up. And I've, there's a whole, this is a whole other topic we can talk about mm. uh, when it comes to keeping your energy levels up. But with a pre-recorded video, if you're keeping having to stop and then go back and repeat yourself, it's going to be even more of an issue. And what I tend to find is that when watching people do pre-recorded videos is they might start really full of energy, but by <laughs> like 10 minutes into the video, they're just looking like, as you say, they're, they're just, I don't know, they, they don't want to be there. They're, they're, they're looking tired. They want to go to bed, you know, it's that kind yeah. of thing. So um, I, I think I think doing live video is, is much better from that point of view. And yes, you've got to be careful, obviously, in a highly regulated industry. Yes, there is that concern about what you're going to say. What if you make a mistake? Well, make sure that you have bullet points of the kind of things that you're going to say. I, I don't think reading off a teleprompter is a good idea because mm. again, you're good, it's going to look very false and fake and it's not great. But if you have bullet points in front of you on the screen uh, of all the things that you want to mention, then that's going to make things a lot easier. And if you do say something that's incorrect, then just go back and, and say, sorry, that was, that was a mistake. Uh, what I meant to say is this, you know, people are on the whole, they're going to forgive you for that. And if the worst comes to the worst and you say something that is absolutely 
outrageous, which I don't think is going to happen if you if you make sure that you've you've got these bullet points in front of you, then you can always remove the live video afterwards. Absolutely right. I, I really want to just dwell for a moment on that what you just said there about maybe even using live video instead of pre-recorded, even if you even if you don't intend to broadcast it live. I, I, I came to a similar conclusion myself because, again, I was recording videos for my own business, for my own website, and I was almost replicating the scenario I described before in corporate where I was doing multiple takes. You know, I make a mistake and I'd stop recording, go back to the beginning, hit record, go again, make a mistake about, two minutes further on, go back to the beginning. And again, an afternoon would go by, I'd start screaming at myself. And then I had this look epiphany moment one day and I said, well, actually, let's pretend it's live. Hit record and don't stop. And if I do make a mistake, I just quickly have a, take a deep breath and carry on. And that has cut the amount of time it takes me to put a video together from like hours to, to literally five to 10 minutes. If, you know, if I know what I want to say, hit record, say it, stop recording. Wow, it's all done. Whereas after do that, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It, it takes absolutely hours. So if you think live video, even if you're not actually going to be live, I think that's perhaps one of the starting points to getting there, isn't it? Oh, totally. I think so. And, and actually making sure, make, doing it live is a really good thing. You don't actually have to make it public. So, you know, if, if you're using Zoom, for example, the, the, the Zoom, tele, tele, uh, what do you call it? T -t video conferencing tool, I should say. Yeah. Or there's another tool out there called StreamYard, which works through your browser. Those are really good tools because you can actually, uh, not only does it record the video and the audio, but it, you can also go live to Facebook or YouTube and you can change the privacy settings to private or only me. So you are technically going live and in your head, you're saying, I'm live, I'm live, but it doesn't actually matter so much because nobody's going to see it. But it has that has that result in you thinking it's live and and just getting on with it and and saying to yourself, well, if, I'm, if I stumble over my words, it doesn't really matter. I can just keep going. And uh, so that's something I definitely recommend doing. Even if you're not going to actually go live, I would still go live, but change the privacy settings to private or only me on Facebook. Those, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. And you've, you've sort of already answered one of the questions I was going to ask you about, and that was scripting and, and like the idea of, of just having bullet points there, know what you're going to say. I think unless you're an absolute professional, seasoned anchor person with a history in television, I think it's very hard to read an auto cue without making your eyes go from side to side. It makes you look like one of those scary <laughs> sort of puppet cat things that uh, I was, you always find in shops. Um, so I, I would just, I just prefer to have bullet points and, and, and know what I want to say. But I think, I think the other thing is this whole, and, and, and you're, you market yourself as confident live. You're helping people to become confident live. And, and, and this whole confidence thing, I think, is an issue. We've already said people turn into quivering wrecks when you point a camera at them. You know, e even though they're quite happy to probably go on Instagram stories or do selfies, there's something about pointing a camera at them and hitting a video record button that just saps them of their of their confidence you said cameras are like a that suck the energy out of people i think sometimes cameras suck the confidence out of people oh yeah so, so yeah they what do you do ian to to help people overcome that confidence issue 
Well, it, it takes time. You know, mm. this is not something that you can, I can't wave my magic wand and, <laughs> and make you super confident overnight. But you've mentioned uh, Instagram, for example. Yeah. Instagram is actually a really good way. Instagram stories is a great way to get started getting used to getting in front of the camera. Because with Instagram stories, they're only 15 seconds long. So if you commit to sharing two or three 15 second clips every single day for the next two or three weeks, mm. that will really help you. That, that helped me because I, I struggled with the confidence. I was thinking, well, first of all, no one's interested in what I have to say. That was what I was thinking. That's a big, that's a big problem. People think nobody's interested in what I've got to say. Nobody likes the way I look and the way I sound. I suffered from those things too, but I kept on doing it. I was being consistent. So consistency is really, really key. And then, of course, the other great thing about Instagram stories is, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Because the stories disappear after 24 hours. Yeah. So that's another great thing about them. So Instagram stories is great. The other thing is making sure that you plan what you're going to say. There's nothing... If you want to lose all your confidence, go onto Facebook or YouTube, hit the go live button without any planning. And that is a sure way of using yeah. <laughs> losing the plot because... You need to know roughly what you're going to say. So having some bullet points in front of you, uh, keep it simple, maybe share three things that you want to share with your audience. And so what I would do is write those bullet points. Uh, before that, I would also write down what is it that is the first thing that you're going to say to people mm. and what's the last thing that you're going to say. So a very simple live video is an introduction, three main points, and then a closing statement or you know a call to action. Um, so do it that way. And as I said before, you can go live to Facebook or YouTube, not on LinkedIn, unfortunately, uh, but you can go uh, live uh, on the Facebook and YouTube at least to only you. So you can change the privacy settings so that no one is actually watching you. So do a few test runs as well so that uh, people you know, people aren't going to see you. You're just, you're getting used to that. Two other things to think about. It's a lot easier to do a live video with somebody else. So why mm. don't you get somebody to interview you or have a conversation with somebody else. So again, using a tool like StreamYard is great. StreamYard.com. You can bring in somebody remotely and you can have a conversation or you can have a conversation. If, if there's somebody else with you in your office, you can have a conversation with each other. And that's going to feel a lot more natural than just you talking by yourself because most of us don't tend to talk to ourselves that often or mm -hmm. so, well maybe we do i don't know that's a whole other story <laughs> but um yeah i, I think it, having somebody else there and having uh, having um, a conversation that way is really really going to help and then the final thing is set yourself a challenge with other people who are or other businesses out there that are wanting to do a similar thing so maybe create a facebook group and say that you're going to go live in that group every single day for the next seven days you're, and you're committing to each other it's a safe place and it's a way of really um increasing your confidence that way. There are loads of other things we could talk about, such as how you warm up your voice, your posture, uh, and other things to, that are more kind of psychological. But those are some very practical ways that you can improve your confidence. It's a very good point you make as well about you know, having your introduction learnt, having your conclusion learnt, and, and, and the bullet points in between. It's, it's almost like, let's face it, if you were asked to go and speak at a conference... You know, and lots of people similarly have confidence issues about public speaking. But one of the sure ways of failing 
in a speaking environment is to go up on stage without knowing what you're going to say. I mean, you're going to bomb completely if you stand up on stage and you don't know what you're going to say. So what you'll do Mm. is you'll, you might not learn your speech off by heart, but you'll definitely know your introduction. You'll definitely know your ending and you'll know the three or four topics in between the three or four stories that you're going to tell as part of that speech. Mm. And because Mm. you know it, because you, you, you've told those stories before, you'll, you'll absolutely Kill it on stage. Everybody will love what you have to say. Live video, to me, is a similar sort of thing. And the confidence comes from knowing what you're going to say. Absolutely. And when you first do this, your confidence level will probably be at zero. And the quality that you produce is probably not going to be that great either. It, you know, you could draw a graph, you know, the more you do, this is like with most things in our life. So it's like riding a bike. Mm. The first time you try and ride a bike as a kid, you're going to fall off lots yeah. of times. Your confidence level is going to be low. But the great thing about being a young kid is that the you know falling off the bike doesn't affect you quite so much. So you keep going. As an adult, it tends to affect us more. And we think, oh well, I can't do it. But you've got to remember, the more you do it, the better you will become. So keep doing it, keep improving. Write down, you know, keep a like a live video journal and write down what it is that you're learning each time, and that that will really really help you. So keep keep doing it, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll improve. I'm thinking of a long time ago now. Crikey, this is probably back in the year 2000. So this was well before we all had access to mobile phones even even the internet was in its infancy back in 2000 and so so live video was just not something that was available to any businesses other than the likes of the BBC and ITV and and, and big broadcast companies at the time i was working for a financial services company i was marketing manager and the company screwed up big time in the way that it treated a customer and um, a TV program on ITV, it was a sort of ITV equivalent of Watchdog, decided to do a, a feature about our company and how we'd screwed up. And I got chosen by the, the company <laughs> to go live on ITV to be cross-examined by the TV presenter. Now, I was fortunate it wasn't the BBC because at the time it would have been Anne Robinson on Watchdog and I can't think of anybody scarier to be interviewed by than Anne Robinson. But this person on ITV was similarly fierce. And, you know, they they did a good job of preparing me for the interview. But of course, I was so frightened of going into that studio. I just had this image of hot studio lights and and I, I get quite sweaty. I do a lot of fitness and I tend to sweat if I walk through a cold room. So I just have this horrible image of me sat on screen, live on television, sweating and just looking like a guilty insurance person. As it turned out, the studio was re- remarkably cold. And, and as soon as I walked into the studio and realised it was cold, that actually took a lot of the fear away. But the, the the thing that still stuck in my mind to that day was even though I was sat on a couch in a studio with about three different cameras pointing at me, I just had it in the back of my head that there was like 1.7 million people in the United Kingdom. And of course, in those days, there wasn't, wasn't as many TV channels, so more people watched each channel. Like 1.7, maybe 2 million people looking at me and and that frightened me more than anything. Now, mm. I don't think if you go live on Facebook, unless you're incredibly famous, you're going to get 1.7 million people watching you. But how do we overcome that that potential fear that you've got all of these nameless, faceless people yeah. watching you? Well, the, the thing is, so this is one of the things. When you press that go live button, 
you never know what your brain's going to do. You, mm. you know, your brain is going to do strange things. You're, you know, this is why actually I treat myself like a total idiot <laughs> because I just never know what I'm going to be thinking. That's why writing down the first thing that you're going to say is so important. Write it, writing down bullet points. Even if you're a seasoned broadcaster, you still, I think, need to do that because you never know what's going to happen. And yeah, things pop into your head like, oh my goodness, there's like, and, and Facebook and YouTube, they tell you how many people are watching live. So either it's going to say like, there's 80 people watching you live or what quite often happens, particularly when you start off, oh, there's nobody watching <laughs> or there's one or two people watching. And so my, my, my uh, experience has been to try and ignore that, particularly at the start, when you're starting off with this, try and ignore the number because that can do strange things to your head. Mm. What you need to do is imagine that your perfect customer or your best friend is the, behind the camera. So actually, I know people who've done this. They've actually got a picture of their perfect client mm. and put it behind the camera. And mm. so they're actually looking at that person or... Uh, you know, they do something like that. And that, that has the other advantage in that you actually do look at the camera because this is another problem that people do is that they end up looking at themselves mm. you know, on the computer screen or on the phone. So making sure that you're looking through the camera at your perfect client will really help. It also helps, obviously, if you're having, if you're having, um, speaking with somebody else, either remotely or in the, in your studio, in your office. So it feels much more natural. So focus on the person that you are speaking to. Forget about all the people that are either watching you or maybe no one's watching you. And don't, don't worry about that. Just look through the camera at that person and think about what you're saying and the, and the quality. Now, that seems very easy for me to say, uh, but if you, if you keep practicing that, you'll strengthen your brain, you'll strengthen your thinking in that you will stop worrying about the, the people watching or the number of people watching you. And eventually you'll get to a point where one of the big advantages with live video is that people leave comments. Mm. So you can then start to look at those comments. Um, ideally, you have a producer that deals with those comments and then can show them to you. Uh, but a lot of these tools, I've mentioned quite a few of them already, will actually show you those comments on the screen. So uh, that's a good a good way just to to break up your content and say, oh, I can see that Bob is here. He's from, he's from Manchester and he's asked this really good question and you can answer that uh, live on air. And, and it, I think once you get used to that, it becomes a lot easier and, and you'll feel a lot more confident. Yeah, I think thinking back now to that TV appearance, I think I did eventually have it in my head. I'm just speaking to my dad. I'm just speaking to my dad. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the only person watching this. And, 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 and you're absolutely right. To this day, I'll, I'll sometimes even just take a picture and stick it on the camera and, and pretend that I'm talking to that person. It, it's a very good way of helping you to focus on delivering a message to an individual. So I think we've covered quite a lot of ground today, Ian. And, you know, we started off by saying quite a lot of the people listening to this show work in financial services and beyond. And there's perhaps this feeling that live video just isn't as professional as pre-recorded. But I think we've we've probably... I think we've we've convinced, I hope we've convinced people listening to this that actually live can be much more authentic, can be much more likable, can create more empathy, and probably has more likelihood of getting somebody to know, like, and trust you enough to do business with you. I think we've covered over the fact that if you're concerned about what people are going to say live, well, let's just make sure that it's scripted and and, and all sorts of great techniques for 
for trying to just overcome the confidence issues. Mm. So, so what would you, to sort of summarise, what would you say was the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to, to take away from the things that you've learnt over the last few years being a confident live video coach? It sounds like a really boring thing to say, but I, I think it all comes down to planning. So I think <clears throat> planning what you're going to say, but also planning how you're actually going to deliver the live video broadcast. We've not talked that much about the tech, but tech things go wrong. So actually just putting a list of all the things that you need to remember to do before you press that go live button. And really it comes down to just doing it. It's it's just do, do, keep trying it. You do it uh, without actually going live to begin with or, or change the privacy settings to only me and then change it so that you are doing it to a smaller audience and then grow over time. You will get better and it you will become more confident and the quality will get better. But yeah, you just got to do it. Ian, fabulous chat this afternoon. There's so much common ground between what we think about live video and video in general. Personally, I think you're spot on with the authenticity side of things. I really do encourage those people listening to the show, have a think about it a little bit more. If you're not doing live video, have a think about how you could get there, the sort of stories you could tell and and just the way that you could promote your business in a empathetic and authentic way. Ian, I'm hoping that people listening to the show might want to get in touch with you. What is the best way that they should connect with you? Well, probably the best way is my website, which is iag.me, and you can contact me through there. And I've got also got a podcast, which uh, you were you were on recently, which is which is great. It's the the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, and we talk about everything to do with live video, whether it's the tech, the content, or the confidence. Hopefully, what people will do is they'll listen to this show to get a general feel for the importance of live video. And then they'll scurry away and, and binge on your confident live <laughs> video podcast uh, at a later date. Ian, it's been really good to have you on the show. I'll include the links to your podcast and to your website in the show notes for this show, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Ian, no doubt I will bump into you again at some conference or event in the UK in the near future. In the meantime, Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.